and I think Juggalos, more than any other subculture that I've like rocked with, they they know if someone's coming in with from a good place or if they're coming in from like appropriating and like they're like a narc and they're trying to just do it because it's it's edgy or if they really yeah. live that life and like right. the, your your music reflects that man yo it's hatchet chat with lures and snacks you juggle low homies talking hatchet tracks there's hatchet beats and hatchet raps the whole catalog's packed full of classic gems and we talk about them all on hatchet chat, chat. Whoop, whoop. what's up whoop whoop welcome to hatchet chat and uh this is an exciting episode because this fool has produced like all the psychopathic artists in the past few years. He just came into the game like a ninja and he's on everyone's projects. And I got to kick it with him at the gathering. He's a real cool dude. Um, so let's welcome Devereaux to the show. What's up, Devereaux? Whoop, whoop. What up, everybody? Whoop, I'm so whoop. excited to be here, dude. Fucking hatchet chat. I've been a fan of you guys for a little bit. Um, my boy Darby O'Trill actually put me on to your, your guys' show because I met Lars at, the, at God J when we were doing events and shit. And um, yeah, he put me on. He was like, bro, you know, they got a podcast, whoop-de-whoop. And I was like, dope. Like, and I started going back through the catalog. I saw the Bloody Sunday episode. I believe I saw the Fuck Off episode. A couple things, a couple different um, streams of your guys that I caught, man. It's dope shit. Much love. Man, Much that love. Means... That's nice. Yeah, thank <laughs> yeah, you. Man. That's so cool to hear. And, you know, as we, you know, of course, Lars started it solo and, you know, was uh, gracious enough to have me on, you know, you know, five or six episodes in, we turn into a podcast thing and we mm -hmm. kind of were going old, old, like just in order, basically from start to finish. Then we started to doing the doing the new stuff and that gave us the opportunity to talk about your flavor because, you know, as you're doing the new stuff, Devereaux's production is all over there. Like you said, you just recently did work on Bloody Sunday. You've been on two Jokers cards, not to mention LSP stuff, Ouija yes, Mac. So, dude, yep. just props on, you know, <laughs> growing that stock ever more each year, dude. It's, it's, Thank it's you, pretty bro. inspiring to see. Thank you so much, fam. That means the world, for real. Dude, it's, it's interesting, like, piecing together your story, right? It seems like, correct me if I'm wrong, you grew up making beats. Uh, were you always a hip hop fan? Like what was, your, what's your entry into music in the first place? Not, not, you know what, man, not really. I wasn't, um, so I, when I started getting into music, my dad had always played like the Beatles and like Michael Jackson and just like, like I can't tell you the first time I ever heard the Beatles. Like I just, it's just been so a part of like, my growing up and like everything that i've done so not really bro i started off being a more a classic rock guy a metal guy and then it wasn't really until probably late high school when i was like six like 16 17 is when i started listening to really like <clears throat> icp but you know what was weird man is like icp like i never considered them like a rap group if that makes sense like when I got put onto them, I did, they were almost like um like a rock band almost at first. Like that's how I was introduced to them at first, you know. So I always like lumped ICP as like a multi like genre band instead of like a strictly hip hop thing. You know what I mean? Because there's so many different flavors and styles that they did that I never really lumped them anyway. So around that time is when I started listening to like Three Six Mafia. 
um a lot of walk of flock some of that a lot like early young money shit like getting like d- like deep into that shit you know mf doom was a huge influence on me when i was coming up as well just like a whole bunch of different because this is like a whole new world to me you know like when i'm that age and just kind of opening pandora's box on like hip-hop as a as as a whole you know so i went in like all different directions and shit you know i i love when then one of the nights when you're djing on the nightmare stage right it was uh you dropped the e40 song with brother lynch yeah <laughs> that was I, I like i was like this fool's got some deep cuts like you the, the hip-hop that you like is definitely different but it was, that was cool to hear your dj set to, to get a sense of your influence but I, when you dropped that i was like yeah i could vibe with this guy that was so tight <laughs> i was wondering if anybody caught on to that and i'm glad somebody noticed it it was almost like an easter egg for me you know like <laughs> yeah, you know Lars is gonna catch that bay flavor you feel me yeah yeah for sure the, the, the and uh yeah like like and it's interesting how you'd play like a, all the juggler classics and then you drop in some hip hop classics and to yeah. uh, to our culture, like that's the same stuff. It was cool how you were like connecting it. And I think multi-genre influence is a big part of your style because like I can hear like the Waka Flocka vibe, but I yep. can also hear the rock vibe and stuff. So like maybe, I don't know, maybe you could school us a little bit like on how you build beats if you want without giving away any secrets like what like your process because i think that people would be curious so i always i always attribute the beat making to like painting on a canvas right like it's a lot of i'll wake up early in the morning sit down um and just start throwing some synth ideas into the into the program you know and like if something sticks or something kind of sticks out to me like then I can I can elaborate. I start adding the layers, kind of adding the color to it. You know what I mean? This synth works, reverb, and then I start throwing drums on that shit. So it's kind of crazy you say that because the rock shit kind of goes hand in hand. Usually what'll happen is like, I'll sit, same shit, but I'll pull my guitar out instead of the synth, you know? Because I, I always attribute like the synth and the guitar to be kind of like, one in the same in the whole process of it. It's just like building the melody of the song and shit. So like I'll grab my guitar and just start kind of noodling. And then if something kind of catches my ear, I'll just hit record and then just start doing the same process, throwing drums on it, maybe some more synths. It just kind of all depends, whatever the flow, you know what I mean? Do you use a click or you just kind of just vibe and then add beats over the samples? Like do you do it to a click track when you're doing the guitar? I do, when I track guitar for sure, yeah. I just. When yeah. you do that, you got to be like super in time and shit. So yeah, I'll run it through a click, then take it off, and then I know all my drums will line up perfect. You know, to keep it on the production tip a little bit more. You know, again, not to try and get you to reveal too much of your secrets, but when it comes uh, to like your synths and stuff, do you are you a hardware kind of guy, or do you like the more um, virtual synthesizer flavor? I'm VST virtual synth dude all the way because I, oh, I yeah. point and click. I point and click everything, bro. I don't have. I don't use a machine or nothing. Like I tell like anybody, any like up and coming juggalo producers or producers in general, bro, like <laughs> coming in up in this scene, bro, like there was no like tutorial on like how to make beats. <laughs> right. Like this whole like this whole YouTube thing is like a whole new like realm and shit. Cause like you used to have to watch videos of like Timbaland making beats, Lex Luger making beats. And there wasn't a lot, you know what I mean? That whole thing was a very underdeveloped like side of like the community to where like 
you would stop the video and then you would see like, oh, I see what he did there. And then you'd go back and bro, I can't tell you how many like shitty car mixes I ran of just like trial and error, bro. Just seeing what works because there was no like blueprint for this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's crazy, but like to think because now you can Google whatever and like you'll have right. all that information readily available at any moment. or You know what I'm saying? But yeah, it was just for a sure. lot of like fucking trial and error. So with since going back to the original question, um, <clears throat> I run VSTs, bro, so I don't even use no pads or nothing. So I'll just point click in the melody. And if it works, it turns into a beat. You know what I'm saying? That's amazing, man. So cool, dude. And that trial and error, error like being forced to do that and kind of teach yourself, uh, I think it, it can help you develop your own voice artistically a lot better yeah. than if you did have maybe a direct teacher or something like that. So whatever you did uh, to perfect your craft, it, it clearly worked, bro. Thank you, fam. Thank you so much. How did you and Ouija link? I'm sure you've told this story a million times, but like, that's no, yeah, yeah. curious to hear. Really, that whole connection is um, Shaggy the Airhead's responsible for that, bro. Um, <laughs> me and Shaggy had been friends for a while because we were we were both producing for the same dude. Like, bro, this is probably like maybe seven, eight years ago now. We met, maybe more. So we were producing for the same dude or whatever, and Shaggy was always looking for dope rappers, man, because we were both on the same mindset. Like, we both, like, just wanted to, like, find a dope artist, lock in and make, like, dope shit. You know, that was, like, the goal, you know? So anytime he would see somebody, he would let me know, vice versa. So Shaggy had found Ouija's previous group or whatever and was like, bro, dude is working. Like, dude has an insane ethic. And I was like, dope, man, fresh. So I started sending him beats. Now, in like the producer realm, like when you have when you have someone that's like, yo, I'm gonna use this beat or whatever, it might take them a year, year and a half, two years to put that song out, bro. So at that point, as an artist, we all know like there's growth and like things happen, you know? So you're like, you hear that song come out two years later, you're not even feeling the same way about that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like, bro, I've come right. so far. So when we met, when we met up with Ouija, he was knocking songs out, bro. Dude would knock out songs like in a couple days type shit. So I'm like, damn, like, I love that. I love that energy. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of like the first like spark of like, oh shit, like this is going to go crazy. You know what I'm saying? Cause I had never met nobody that worked that quick. And that was like good shit, you know? Cause you had people that'll turn a song out in a day and it's awesome. Right. You feel me? But it, yeah. it was just crazy to meet someone on that level that was just like as hungry, if not more than than he was. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, man. Was yeah. there like a, a point where it started feeling like you're because I know you don't you're not exclusively his producer, but on most of his projects, including Gutter Water, which we're going to talk about, you did like 12 out of the 17 tracks. Like, was there a point where you realized, OK, I'm like gonna i'm letting ouija is coming to me for like most of my stuff i'm gonna be this big part of ouija's sound like at what point would you say that happened bro i don't i don't even think i ever even had that moment bro like Word. it's so natural that i don't even really even think about it like that to be real like cool i as much like there's there's projects like it, it, no it's just crazy because like i don't I, that's why you even say that i don't even think about it like that but like i guess yeah that is crazy I, just to answer your question, like I, I, I can't pinpoint it, to be honest. I never really even thought about it like that. You know what I'm saying? 
Well, it makes sense, too, because you've also kept banging out an insane amount of production for other acts, too. So even though as prolific as Ouija is, it might not seem like, oh, I'm just Ouija's producer because you produce for so many people, you know, so that kind of makes sense. It's so you know what it is, bro? It's like it's been so organic that I like out of sight, out of mind. You know what I'm saying? That was just doing what we do. You know what I'm saying? As a unit being dope. I was like, fuck it, man, let's run it up. Like, cool. Because you could have fucking some of some of my favorite shit, like Maisie did. Roadmap is so fucking dope. And it's and I love like moments like that, like on um on Fern, where it's like, I love that guitar beat. I bro, like I'm more of a fan of that shit too. You know what I'm saying? Like it's I, it's all phenomenal. You feel me? For sure. It's interesting how what do they say? Like like uh success is preparation and timing you know being ready having the skills and like when someone's ready to work being able to keep up with them like all the years you put in working got you ready for that and then i I, correct me if i'm wrong dude but like that was then a helpful inroad to like doing the stuff on um on icp's joints right as an adjunct to that yeah no absolutely brother like ouija fucking he he made all that happen bro like they, they were obviously bumping gutter water and shit. So, like, all props to Ouija. Like, Violent J heard my shit, and he was like, bro, dude's dope or whatever. So we kind of exchanged information at that point and started started that line of communication to start producing for them and shit. How, how did that feel when you first heard their, like, rhymes over one of your tracks? I remember, bro, I was sitting on the couch at my homie's house. I think I was pretty drunk, too. And, like... <laughs> So we were just chilling or whatever, and um, Scotty Two Balls. You guys know Scotty Two Balls? Yep, of uh, Carnival Spirits. Yeah, bro. So this is a crazy story. Um, he DM'd me, and he's like, bro, ICP is on one of your beats. I'm like, what? Like, what the fuck? So I, he sends me this YouTube link, and it's, it's the song I Can't off the, I think it's a Gathering single, bro. It's, um. Willoughby Rags. Yeah. Yeah, that's the bag of poop. Yep, exactly. That's exactly it. And I and I bumped it, and it blew my mind because that's like, bro, that's fucking violent J over my beat, dog. Like, what? Like the same dude from House of House of Mirrors, the same dude from In My Room. It just like blew my wig back, you know. Like I'm still fucking tripping about that shit to this day. Like I'm fucking insanely honored to even be able to work with them, bro. It's it's fucking amazing. And even at the beginning, he's like, I can't believe it. Because it says, uh, Devro, your your uh, signature, right, is mm-hmm. there. And even he reacts, I can't believe he did the beat. So he was like marking out at you a bit, too. That must have been a trip as well on top of all that flavor. 100%, bro. Yep. <laughs> that song is crazy. And I, I heard you in another interview. I, for, I think it might have been the Humble and Bug. I'm not sure. You've done a couple okay. of dope ones. And shout out to whoever interviewed you because I was watching those you know, doing research. And you mentioned you were trying to give Hell's Pit vibes with that uh, with that beat, right? Yeah, bro. A lot of that shit is like, bro, I get into the mindset of like, but what would I want to hear? Like if I was a juggalo in like 2023, like I take like my favorite moments from like ICP records and I'm like, damn, I want to incorporate this or this or this just to kind of like give a nod. So like when people hear shit like that, it connects, you know, like something's uh, something's in my room off of uh, Bloody Sunday is a perfect example of that, where I was like, damn, like, I want to bring back like Ringmaster Boom Bap, just cuz you feel me like, 
and then add the the Mikey Clark, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just give nods to that, but in, like, a dope 2023 twist. You feel me? Like, Yeah, what do they say? Like, uh, genre is the clothes that music wears. So you can't really emulate an artist's style unless you really know you've worn the clothes yourself, right? You have to yeah. have it inside of you. And then yeah. I think that's what, and I think Juggalos, more than any other subculture that I've like rocked with, they they know if someone's coming in with from a good place or if they're coming in from like appropriating and like they're like a narc and they're trying to just do it because it's it's edgy or if they really yeah. live that life and like right. the, your your music reflects that man and it's just yeah when we heard when we did the Violent J record we were talking about you saw the interview like we were talking about how it was cool because it played with rock it played with the trap stuff yeah. and like. It was. It must have been crazy to work on a whole record with him. Like you got into it deep with him, huh? Like yeah, there, there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot to that, bro. We yeah, no, there's there's a lot of beats on that that we submitted for that. And um, but some of my favorite ones were picked, like the in the hole shit. Like that was that was crazy when I did that. I was just same shit, bro. Just noodling, and I was like, oh man, that's a fucking violent J record all day, bro. Come on, like. <laughs> And it just kind of one of those things that it just kind of came together so quick. And I immediately knew I was like, bro, that's going to land. And I love it because it makes a lot of sense, you know? Hell yeah. You know, like we mentioned earlier, this episode is on Gutter Water, which is Ouija Mac's uh, debut psychopathic release, which you had a huge hand and huge part in producing for him. Quick background for the Hatchet Chat, you know, trivia flavor came out on May 25th. 2018 shortly after Ouija Mac was signed uh, in 2017 to the label got a couple other uh, cooks in the kitchen Domain Shaggy the Earhead DJ Clay and Seven all the tracks are dope but um, you did 12 of the 17 on here and Lars and I you know picked a few of our favorites and we were hoping that maybe you could uh, talk about them like break them down a bit is that cool yeah, for sure. Right. Okay, so snacks. This is a track we both love, and uh, it gave me some little peep vibes. I mean, Ouija can sing. That dude's got like a melodic mm -hmm. cadence, but it works well. This is almost like a pop song. You know what song I'm talking about? Snacks. Is it Ghost? Yeah. Hell yeah. Why do you love this song so much? And then we can ask about the production. I just honestly, to be totally frank, this song kind of has a special place in my heart because I think it opened my ears, so to speak, up to a newer style of rap. I have never tried to been like, you know, a stubborn person when it comes to not like accepting new sounds or anything like that. But it does take a while to get used to, you know, new stuff. And this kind of just made me dig that sound in a way that I never have to where I was more open to listening to other artists and stuff. As far as just a dope song on the album, it's incredibly haunting. I love the ethereal production, which I can't wait to hear Devereaux talk about. But uh, yeah, man, it, it just kind of puts me in a in a zone, and I love it. Yeah, how, yeah. how did this come together? Yeah. <clears throat> um, That was another one kind of like in the hole where I was like, I think I was messing around with samples and shit one day. And um it's just one of those ones that came together in like 10, 15 minutes, bro. Like <laughs> wow. everything, every, everything made so much sense because of how it was laid out that like, it just kind of made itself. It's just one of those, you guys have those where it's like, bro, this came together so fast, like, and it's like perfect or whatever. So like, 
I sent that one out and I was like, damn, bro, that one's going to be fucking nuts. And I know like Ouija was going to use it because he was already knocking shit out. So I was like, fuck, man, he's going to slam dunk that. So and then I remember them being like, oh, that's going to be the first single, bro. Like there's a video to it and everything. And I'm like, holy shit, that just turned like a dope fucking record. Like elevate. You know what I mean? Like because every time you add the visual aspect to it, it just makes the whole song like that much crazy or whatever but um i seen the video with like the joker scene and i was like bro this is fucking insane right now like just one of those things that just happened so quick bro and like everything was perfect with it you know what i'm saying like and then people still trip out on ghosts to this day and i'm like damn that's crazy like yeah it was wild yeah it's it's like the uh well, it it's, fits like we're talking about, like the genre reflects the story. And it's like, that's the vibe of Malenko. That's the vibe of Riddlebox. Wow. And, totally. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, wow. and it's, you don't need to necessarily explain why it's spooky. Like um, a lot of the, the rent, like the uh, romantic 17th century poets like Keats and Coolridge, they have this idea of the sublime. When you look at like Frankenstein or Dracula, these monsters from the romantic era that are, that you can't, Put your head around them, but you know there's something eerie that makes them timeless, and that's the aesthetic the beats bring to this record. And I feel like it's cool to like draw those connections and talk about it. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, man. Um, then lights. Then we got light on this on the on this next track. We're gonna talk about Future Wicked and like light, light and Ouija were like the two homies that were like this is Psychopathic's new generation. And then like no disrespect to light, but like Ouija just came hard with the with the stuff and on this on this track light light does great but i i think ouija just kind of like uh i feel like his style just dominates this this track what's up like how was it working on a collab like this Devereaux? and how did the future wicked come together honestly bro like <clears throat> i think i i think i don't i'm not sure I, I don't know if i heard that one until it came out to be honest bro to be real, I don't remember hearing like the demo for that for some other shit I did, but like for that one in particular, like the we all heard it at the same time on that one. To be real, cool, Word. and that's what's happened. It's like so, like so, you kind of you did the production, you sent it, and so you heard it when it was done. They weren't coming yeah. at you with like so they knew it was tight. They liked the beat, yeah, a hundred percent, yeah, yeah. They ran it. It's like, bro, like it's not. It's just because we worked so much, bro, like. There's so much shit I send to like Ouija that's like, you feel me? Like, that's bound to happen. Just, just based on the, you know what I mean? Like, just based on all the shit we do. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Did you know it was gonna have light on it or no? I think so. I think I do remember. Yeah, yeah. Them mentioning cool. that for sure. Yeah. Dope, man. Is the guitar um, sampled, like, or is that you playing it, or maybe chopping up something you played? I think I chopped a sample up for that one, bro. That's cool. just like, and that's crazy because, like, if you ever notice, like, the simplest shit is what goes the craziest. Like, <laughs> yeah. if you have, like, a crazy dope fucking melody like that, like, you can let that bitch ride for the whole beat and it'll, and it'll <laughs> no go doubt. crazy. You know, yeah. so that's a weird one. And that's also, like, a really slow beat, too. Right. Like, like one of the slower ones. So it's kind of crazy how they, they kind of just did their thing on that shit. That, that's yeah. a dope one. You you know what's something like as an MC that makes Ouija Mac style work is more than any other artist on Psychopathic, maybe other than Jay, he's really good with where he pauses, where he doesn't rap. Like wow. he'll have a simple, he'll be like da 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 da
that, and so if it's a slow beat with like a strong hook, it's really conducive to like where he's silent. And I think Jay has that similar thing too, like thoughtful pauses, which fit well with the production like that. So yeah, if you're going hard with the melody, you don't need, he doesn't need to be doing the fast cadence. Like light's great with the tech nine chopping style, yep. which is tight, yep. but like it complements his flow complements that beat. Yeah, it's definitely, that's probably one of my favorite beats on the record. And like, it's the fusion of the old and new. And I think like, the future wicked. I mean, the title it sums it up, right? Wicked, yeah. the wicked stuff, and the future. So, that one, yeah. that one, yeah, that one pops off. It's crazy you say that, bro, because like that's what you said is 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 prolific because not a lot of people can rhythmically rap like that. If you really think about it, like how you just explained it, like Jay knows how to stop and create almost like a drum pattern with his words, which is. I feel like harder than doing that chopper shit to be real. Like, cause you have to know how that shit moves. You know what I mean? Like you can't just like, I don't know. Like it's people's rhythms are all different, bro. And it's crazy that they can do that. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know if you like, um, Deborah, like if you ever like listen to miles Davis and, or like the old jazz, but like where he doesn't play like on kind of blue, that's what makes the modality of the jazz. Wow. Scales on that record work because like where he's silent is very important. And like it's like social media. You can go hard on Instagram all day, but knowing when to take a break and recharge to create content is like this artistic balance. So it's like finding that balance as an MC like Jay or Ouija. Yep. You can't yep. you can't find that balance without like a, a strong uh beat, a strong foundation for it. And I think it's like, yeah, it's like a it's like life, right? A lot of good MCs can rap well because they figured out how timing works in their like spiritual human plane <laughs> so damn that's, that's crazy <laughs> yeah you're so right about that yeah yeah that's what's up thanks for following me on that journey um uh, i appreciate the metaphor <laughs> no, bro that was bro that was prolific i fuck with that that's a very well put that's very well put on how you said that Prob. thanks thanks man um that's what's up body drop now this one live goes off and i love that is it jump steady doing the news report I think it's Jay doing it. Oh, that's what's up. That that's crazy. Yeah. Um, because that's very dead body man esque. You're talking about yeah. the throwback stuff, like the the yeah. news report. And then yeah. I had to Google the number. What he says the uh, the eight the eight six six eight six seven five three zero nine. Did you Google that, Brian Snacks? No, I didn't. It's like a fill. It's like a well. Maybe you can say Devro. You remember what it was? The phone number? No. What was it? So it's it's these people dressed up in like colonial costumes singing eight six seven five three oh nine. It's a commercial for like a fabric company. And that's oh, the wow. number that they say to call if you find him. And it's they what? sing that Benjamin Franklin plumbing in in Marin County. And so it's so the number so I had to Google the number. It's Is that like, like a, a local great, Michigan, like one of those crazy like local commercials? It's in like Northern California, but it's like one of those oh. crazy commercials where it's these guys dressed like Benjamin Franklin. Franklin singing that Jenny eight six seven five three zero nine call us if you have a plumbing leak. <laughs> so it's just like a crazy Easter egg. I don't know. Yeah, I thought, that is that's pretty wild, bro. How did you find that? Because I googled it. I was like, what the eight six six? I'm like, oh, that's north. You. you call? Yeah, I, got you, got you. I was like, that's Northern California. That's not Henderson, and that's not Florida. So I was like, oh, and then <laughs> so yeah. I wonder how many juggalos googled that. But. Right. <laughs> Tight. Um, this one's one of the heavier songs on the record. Um, yeah, like, so how did this one come together? Similar thing, you were just vibing, or did you want to go for, with something super hard on purpose? 
I think I think Body Drop is around when I was listening to a lot of like <clears throat> like underground SoundCloud, a lot of Bones, a lot of like Ghost Mane, a lot of like um, Suicide Boys, shit like that. So what I was trying to do is kind of like working that sound into like what we were doing. You know what I'm saying? Because you have some of those like Team Sesh or like whatever style synths and shit in the production, especially on Gutterwater and shit. So it's kind of like a weird SoundCloud trap rock mix. You know what I'm saying? It's it's weird, but like yeah, that was just I, that was just me going from the most dark, like distorted, like fucked up sounding like beats I could make at that time, and a lot of that shit is what ended up on that and Water Damage. Yeah, and that was that era, right? Because like that was when Suicide Boys were getting their love, and it, that sound was yeah. new. And yeah, uh, yeah, that stuff, that stuff, that that whole movement, and being from Florida or being from the South too, like you kind of have that in your in your blood <laughs> those kind of beats yeah bro we were we were starting to work down here and shit but um we we're starting to get records with people down here and shit early on and um yeah it's just that whole influence below because that's like a whole like era i feel like people don't really talk about and and i feel like maybe once the years go on like people will look back and that being a very dope era for music because it was all very like independent bass like you mix everything you you do the art, you record, you promo, you know what I'm saying? Like you do everything, bro. Like, cause at that point, like, and then people started getting signed off that. And it was just crazy. Like how that independent movement was really coming up. So it was like a huge influence on my sound and, and really how we go about everything, to be honest. And that's like the psychopathic model and the punk model, the Bay, the Bay model, do it yourself. You know, everyone, you, you put everyone on and like, that's why it was so dope when Suicide Boys played The Gathering. I thought it was like yeah. a cool connection. Were you at that show? Because I, I couldn't make it that year. Bro, I, I, I couldn't make it that year, bro. I'm so oh, pissed. Yeah. yeah. I, I bet it was, I'm sure it went off. I heard they did yeah, great. Absolutely. Happy. Yeah, and you know what else is crazy? You know how like uh, Ghost Mane has kind of that, uh, and Suicide Boys a bit, they have like that 1920s dark Disney style art. Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of like like Shaggy there does a cool like more colorful flip on it like that yeah. vibe coming through like all these connections there so it's cool that you mentioned that about Body Drop because I always felt like that energy was there it's awesome to confirm that it was <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> that's what's up did you yo did you snacks did you have anything to say about Body Drop or should we talk about on everything man I think you guys covered it good it's definitely one of the heaviest bangers on the uh on the album and it's just a fresh track super dope that's what's up that's so that our whole uh it's like that interview with uh with um chris farley and paul mccartney on saturday Night live he's like remember when you were in the beatles that was awesome that's kind of what we're like doing <laughs> yeah, yeah remember gutter water that was awesome <laughs> sometimes i'm picking my wig up still from something fresh that you said you know about like time back to metaphysics or something so i just gotta collect my thoughts sometimes yeah, it's a our, this show goes all over the place, but it's it's cool to have a it's cool to have a focus. Um, all right, so on everything, like I love I love this song, and, and it's interesting to think about how we don't have to get in the drama, but like certain people were not trying to rep the hatchet 2017, 2018. Certain people were pr real proud to rep it, and like this song, I don't know. It's it's this song kind of like reflects that. Like, are you down with this movement? Or are you are you are you Benedict Arnold in a way? Um, Shaggy had a little reference to that on, on his solo record, right? And so, yeah, so the energy around this song 
let's talk about how it came together and like your interpretation about like what loyalty means to you, Devereaux, if that's even a term. I thought that'd be a cool frame for it's this. It's fucking it's fucking everything, bro. Like a lot of a lot of the reasons why we're even here talking to each other is because of psychopathic and all the dope shit that they've done. You know what I mean? So it's really about just being a genuine person, being fucking transparent and um, having the best intentions. And that's all that's ever been. And that's really what it means to be a jug, I feel, to an extent. You feel me? Like, that is the motto. So, like, just being embodying that and just fucking do your thing, man. You know what I'm saying? And that's all it is, bro. It's not that hard to be a decent person. You feel me? (laughs) You know what I mean? It's shitty. It's shitty to say, bro, but just like keep it real. Keep it 100% at all times and that's it. You'll never have to worry about nothing, you know? I, absolutely, dude. Yeah. The rest will, rest will sort itself out, man. It's like mm-hmm. natural law. Like once you break someone's trust, it's it's impossible, like or not impossible, but it's very hard to get it back because yeah. loyalty yeah. like is just like a law of physics. It's not meant to be broken, you know, and there's serious right. consequences when you betray someone's trust. I thought um, this song was so interesting because, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Denial is right before it, and that was one of the tracks. Um, I don't think you produced. You uh, Seven produced that, yeah, but Denial right. kind of has a more introspective ending and um, uh, or, or vibe, I should say, and a bit more of a melodramatic kind of lyric content. And uh, ICP a lot of times, you know, will end their records with these you know, more kind of ballady tracks, but right. then it ends actually with a, like a banger on everything. You know, yeah. when I listened to it this most recent time, it just kind of hit home for me. Uh, were you um, involved in the arrangement or when you got the full album, did you, was it kind of exciting to see where your beats f- fell? Yeah. And the way it was put together for sure. And it kind of really made me like, understand the vision. Like I was like, Oh, I get what, okay. I really see what works. You know what I mean? Like it's totally. It's, it makes a lot of sense the way it was laid out, for sure, for sure. Great, uh, great tune. Great way to end the album. Do you know who produced "If I Was a Wizard"? Was that your beat? Or was that secret? Who did that? I knew. I used to know that. <laughs> um, let me see. Hold on. While he's looking juggalos, for those who don't know, uh, "If I Was a Wizard" is the bonus track. You get a bonus interlude, some Ooh. extra flavor at the. Very end of track at 17. Takes a while to kick in, but it's a super dope song. So I'm excited. This is a, bro, this is a fucking dope copy of, of Gutter Water. I'll tell you the story behind this shit. Okay, Violent, hell yeah. Violent J sent me this with like a pack of dope shit. It was like this. Some uh, He sent me like a box of dopeness. And like the, the copy of Gutter Water was in there. And I'll never forget like how excited I was to like actually see this thing. Like it's insane. Yeah, that's awesome, um, man. If that's the first pressing, I think that's actually a collectible now too. This, yeah, yeah, this is the first one, bro. Dope. Uh, what what song was it? Which one? Oh, so it's man, it's not even on here, bro. No, I think it's because it's, it's like tacked on to the end of on that's everything. Right. Like there's like ten minutes of silence. Oh shit, dude! I used to know that. <laughs> I used to know who made that. I was like, "Damn, that's a dope beat." It's somewhat <laughs> dope, too, bro. Yeah, it's it, and it, it is a dope beat, and it's kind of like Ouija having more fun, like you yeah. know, just being. A, it sounds like more of you know, just a kind of juggalo party track, and it, but it's killer, man. It's killer to kind of hear him, even the way like 
that register kind of even changes his voice a little bit is super dope. Another song that's like funny like that is Bare Hands because it's yeah. a pl- the play on words and then and in the middle of the chorus when he explains the joke, I've no, I've got Bear's hands and that he doesn't repeat that in the second version of the hook. It's just so, <laughs> it's so funny and so silly. Yeah. Like, yeah. I bet you all have a lot of fun, right? When you guys are like working on stuff. Like, I don't know. It seems that, yeah, it seems that like, that's the key to making a million records. You have to enjoy the process and, and like yeah. know when to be know when to be serious, know when to be silly. Do you have a favorite track on this record, Devereaux? Can you even pick one? On gutter water? Oh um, let's see. I think my favorite's probably um Hillaho Tribe Anthem, for sure. That's that's my Good favorite choice. one off the record because um I remember seeing that there was like I remember seeing the first time um I think he did that at the march bro and I remember fucking sitting in my car on YouTube and like Shaggy sent it to me he was like bro Ouija ran a bunch of our shit at the march I was like what the fuck like are you serious he's like yeah bro it's like our whole thing our whole set because I think. Wasn't the March even before? Yeah, the March was before Gutterwater came out. Yep. Okay, so he was sending me the videos, and he was like, bro, check this shit out. And Killaho came on. And that was that moment always stuck with me. I was like, holy shit. Like, and the crowd participation part, like, the way Ouija arranged that is fucking genius, bro. That's, that's just, just memories like that where I'm like, damn, that's dope, you know? It's almost that's like cool. a magic ninja chant, too, where, where Juggalos will do that when the song isn't even playing, you know what I mean? Kill mm-hmm. is in the cut. Yep. Yeah, that's a, that's a great chorus. Yeah, that's what's yeah, up. So you fun. know what's funny? When I first realized that the Ouija stuff was popping, like, I remember I was, 10 years ago, I was in Hawaii working on some music, and, um, I dropped a friend off the airport. Someone had a pulled up with a big old twisted decal on the back of their like Subaru at the airport oh. in the in Hawaii. And I was like, okay, psychopathics representing. And like years later, I was some Midwestern town on tour, and the same size logo as someone's back of someone's car was the Ouija Max sticker. And I was like, I was like, that's crazy because I hadn't seen that yeah. twisted sticker like that in years. I was like, that was a cool moment. I was like, okay, seeing that and piecing that like. <laughs> that tripped me out. Here's a question I really wanted to ask you, Devereaux. Um, you know, Ouija, like he really kind of, um, the chronology of his discography is kind of themed. Like at first it was like the elements, like stale wind, gutter water, uh, trash fire. And, you know, I, I probably inspired by the Joker's cards in a cool way, given given the discography kind of a... Um, this, this sense of urgency and movement, which is super dope. It always has this theme, like overarching theme. Does your, do you think about that production wise? If you know you're making beats for Ouija? Oh, not really, bro. You know what? Like as weird as it sounds like the elements kind of like wrote themselves, if that makes sense. Like that does make sense. There's like a time and place for each stage as weird as it sounds like, like wasteland has a temperature. I was feeling a certain way and then we started doing like it's weird because right as like wasteland was finishing <laughs> in between like that and dirtbag is when i started messing with guitar shit more so i was making these more melodic things that kind of almost walked right into like the stalewind kind of sound gotcha. you see what i'm saying so it kind of yeah. has this weird like even flow where it kind of like wrote itself kind of deal you know it's like natural that's dope that's super fresh 
Well, it's interesting. Well, yeah, like like these days, a lot of rappers are single focused, and and it's cool to have like an artist who does albums with concepts. Like that's always mm-hmm. refreshing. I feel like that's something that Psychopathic has kept alive, really, right? Because yeah. people want, and that's why it's fun doing this episode because it gives us um, a, a good platform for dissecting entire records and. Um, that's what's up. Uh, do you have a favorite record of all time, Devereaux, that you're like, this is my this is my jam? A favorite beat you ever did? And also, I'm curious, a favorite record you listened to by someone? Dude, that's such a good question. Maybe that Take Me Home shit, Take Me Home, the last one on, on Stale Wind is like very, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I really enjoy that one. That's cool. Yeah. That's a good choice. And you said favorite project from someone? Yeah, of anyone. Wow, ever? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> what 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 is your guys what what are you what is your choice well my favorite record of all time is malenko i mean that might seem like a cop-out answer wow, the posters really? right behind you which is tight but like we've talked about that uh, we that was about how that's just like mixes all the genres well and it's just yeah. uh, i don't know that changed everything for me musically and in my life and I heard it at a cool time and I was lucky enough to be like a juggalo before that came out because I'm, I'm 40 so like I knew about them and when that dropped I mean I guess a lot of people can claim that but like it was like cool to see them get this this mass exposure and yeah that's my yeah. answer what's your snacks <laughs> yeah. so mine is uh, another joker's card it's uh, the wraith shangri-la if I could choose the wraith like as like uh, shangri-la and hell's pit as one album I would use that but were they Came out like years apart. I'll just choose one and Shangri-La. It's the first um, like album I discovered by ICP. I was 11 in 2003 when I found out about ICP. So like that just era has so much uh, nostalgia. And I just, yeah, it's got to be Shangri-La. Favorite Joker's card and also favorite album of all time. Maybe what would be an easier question while you're thinking about your favorite album. Do you remember the first Joker's card? I'll do both. Fucking right. maybe my favorite album, bro, will be like the first Slipknot record. Word, I remember okay. like, bro, I remember like, ne- I would never stop playing that. Those those songs were just always on repeat for me, bro. Like to this day, I bumped the first Slipknot record like a lot. Like, Tight. it's it's a perfect run too, bro. It's a, it's a fucking masterpiece, man. And even as a kid, I remember listening to that shit in like middle school on on the bus. And just having it like at a million, you know what I'm saying? Just like fucking all those. I love those songs, man. Rest in peace, uh, Joey and uh, and Paul, man. But yeah, fucking probably that first Slipknot record. And my favorite Joker's card. <clears throat> Fuck, man. It's always it's always between um, Hell's Pit and fucking Riddlebox, bro. It depends, Word. bro. Just depends on like my my mood and shit. Like I'll be Riddlebox one day. You feel me, like. Probably Hell's Pit, bro. Probably Hell's Pit, bro. Hell's Pit's fucking flawless. That's a great. That's like one of the best records. Like, dude, that's so cool to hear because you don't like. I know Hell's Pit does get a lot of love, but you don't hear it amongst many's like number one. So that's awesome. There's so many, bro. There's so many moments on that record that I try to like pull from, like, and like wretched and moments like that where I'm like Hell's Pit, bro. Hell's Pit. You feel me? Like I'm always like waving the hell's pit flag with like the little cowbells and shit like there's just so many dope moments on that record that i always try to like make sure like i incorporate and, and that that record is really uh a lot of times has a lesser more less is more philosophy yeah. you know what i yeah. mean yeah 
and it can yeah. evoke so much you know just darkness with a few sounds and uh, i agree dude that that record is phenomenal you know what's interesting about both riddle box and hell's pit like they're both they both deal with the theme lyrically that redemption has passed you know whereas malenko's like what you're doing wrong it's an illusion you can still fi fix what went wrong riddle box is like you turn the crank and guess what you, you messed up and hell's pit is like you messed up both right. of those records that's the theme but the humor is is balanced in the darkness of the beats that makes that like serious moral lesson digestible and those two records are yeah they similar thematically in that way have you guys ever thought about that <laughs> no i never made that connection but that's very that's a very good point dude man i have i've thought about <laughs> it that way once where it was like the albums where you fuck up in the in the in the crux in like the in the ethos are always those phenomenal re records. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> that record, Riddlebox. I feel like there's some of that on um, what? Which one? Fuck it. Even on Malenko is kind of on there too. You know what I mean? Like it's just like that common theme of where like those are like some of the best moments. You know? Bang Pow Boom is kind of like that too, yeah, and it's like a yeah, bunch of people who fucked up, and it's too late for them. <laughs> Yeah, it's just interesting. We're all fans. We're all we all love music. We could chop it up all day. Deborah, where did, where can people find you? And like, you're active on social media, but like, do you want to plug any of your places where people can holler at you or follow what you're doing? Just so you can hit me up on Instagram. I'm at um d e v e r e a u x x, and then on Twitter, same shit with four x's at the end. Um, yeah, man, fucking, that's where you'll find me, dog. That's where I'd be at. Dope, man. What do we got to uh, look forward to uh, next? I know, of course, Detritus is coming out. I'm sure you're going to be producing for that. What can we look forward to from Devereaux? Yeah, bro. Fucking Detritus dropping. Fucking um, me and O'Trill are going to drop. We're, our big fucking record is is dropping very soon. What else? New Shaggy the Airhead on the way. Um, Dope. Fucking new icp like bro just every we're always working bro cool the usual suspects you feel me <laughs> that that that's cool that that you're still doing stuff with icp and i wanted to speaking of artists in the realm dj chunk like when he's scratching on your beats live he, that dude is that dude is uh he's 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 adds some flavor too like seeing him at the gallery oh. was awesome yeah bro chunk the goat bro he's incredible fam 100 percent and you did what was another day in hell you dropped that right around the gathering right that's kind of older now yeah you know yeah we dropped it at the gathering um fucking it was dope man i was sitting on a couple beats and shit and what had happened was is i was just getting opens random opens and people just sending me shit just kind of just doing whatever getting some demos down and shit and um it kind of it kind of put itself together it was one of those things where like chunk added the cuts we filled in the the holes with the random features and it just kind of all came together right perfectly before the gathering. I was like, fuck it, man. Let's drop it. You know, like put it out. And yeah, it fucking it was dope, man. It was it was super cool to do like a different project like that. I love the art. Like it's got yeah, that right? kind of the Wraith vibes, the colors. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. That's, that's Everyone should check for that. That's like a that'd be an EP to do another episode on. Yo, oh, you yeah. gave us a, an hour plus of your time and your energy. So oh, thank yeah. you for this. It's been cool, and uh, yeah, this. Thanks for all you're doing for the community, and like just being a cool, humble dude. It means a lot. This has been a good Thank episode. Thank you, bro. It's been a fucking honor being on here, chopping it up and shit, dude. Absolutely, dude. Such an honor. 
Jugglos, yeah. Juggalettes. That was our episode on gutter water, as well as our interview with the one and only Devereaux. Whoop, whoop, y'all. And thanks again, Devereaux. Whoop, whoop. whoop.